Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash Thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash Thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeld. I'm your host. And our guest today is Carolina Vasquez-Mitchell. She is founder and chief scientific officer for Ciencia Labs. And we're going to talk a little bit about the science of cannabis uh, and understanding really what goes into the products. Uh, I think everyone that's kind of been to a dispensary and has been in the cannabis space has seen all the different kind of formulations that are coming out and all the science that's going behind it. Uh, and it turns out that there's really interesting things there. There's really interesting knowledge and there's really interesting innovation. And I'm excited for this because I think the, the innovation space is really important as we kind of develop and mature the cannabis industry and really understanding really what is the science behind cannabis and, and all the ingredients and herbs that go into the products that we now see on the shelves is, is really fascinating. So I'm excited to have this. So with that, Carolina, welcome to the program. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited for this interview and listened to the podcast after this. Yeah, yeah. So why don't we start with background? I always love to kind of hear people's stories about how they got involved uh, in the work they do, how they got involved in cannabis. I always find there's always an interesting story there. So tell us the background. How did you get into cannabis? How did you get into the science side? Tell us the backstory. Sure. So I'm originally from Mexico, from Guadalajara, Mexico. I was always interested in science 
I did pretty badly in like Spanish classes or history, but I was doing always very well in science. I enrolled at 15 years old in a technical college. So I got an early degree in industrial chemistry and I was already working in big manufacturing facilities and distillation facilities. We were not distilling THC or CBD, but we were distilling alcohol and we were extracting essential oils from different plants. I extracted my first terpene when I was 16 years old. Mm. Uh, so I started working very early in in different laboratories, from clinical laboratories, testing of food and testing of different drugs, including cannabinoids. Mm -hmm. After that, I enrolled in a bachelor's degree in pharmacology and biochemistry. So I developed a very uh, extended knowledge on different drugs, including cannabinoids, and mm -hmm. how different molecules affect your body. So I, I was always fascinated of how everything that happens in your mind and your body is just a result of a molecule interacting with that specific receptor. So I was always fascinated by that. I finished my bachelor's degree in pharmacology. I work in different laboratories trying to find the cure for cancer. <laughs> I work no. in gene therapy, molecular biology. Then I came to the United States about 10 years ago. I work as a researcher at the University of Southern California. I Again, mm -hmm. working with genes, working in uh, developing new tools to facilitate the research on mutations, cancer research, and other medicine and other research that was very relevant in the area of health and wellness for people. However, there is a saying that for every research paper you publish, there is only six people that will read your paper. So that was very <laughs> depressing. Um, I guess it depends. On which six people read it, but yeah, yeah, and some of them is like your I don't know coworker, <laughs> and it was very depressing to know that I will spend yeah. four years doing research and only ten people would know about it. So towards the end of my PhD, I wanted to do something more useful or something that I can actually see in my lifetime. Apply the knowledge that I have acquired in chemistry and pharmacology and in the PhD program in chemistry and biophysics, apply all of this in something that I can see in my lifetime, something that I can tell my mom, see, I'm doing this and you can use it right now and it will help you with this. So I, I started uh, using my knowledge, helping startups in, about, in 2017, helping first food startups doing, um, in the 2017 is where everything like functional foods started to appear. Functional foods has seen kind of like a hybrid between a supplement and food or making snacks that have a lot of vitamins or a lot of minerals. And then I started meeting people in the cannabis industry because everybody was getting ready for the recreational market that was yeah. going to start in the 2018. So a lot of people were using food matrices and introduced cannabinoids. And I thought that was fascinating. I started looking into the science of cannabinoids, how cannabinoids 
interact with your body, how THC, CBD, and other cannabinoids can help you with different health issues. Also, I was always passionate about food and molecular gastronomy. So I actually worked for big companies, big 114 companies developing food products. So that was extremely exciting. And when I saw that I can make food products or help people developing products that can have a pharmaceutical active ingredient Mm -hmm. and help a person to improve their lives, either by reducing their anxiety, stress, improving their sleep, reducing inflammation, boosting their immune system. I thought it was the way to go. I mean, I found myself on the area of science that I want to be in and I want to spend the rest of my life in. It was very exciting. A lot of people care about this. It wasn't six people. It was six million people caring about a product (laughs) that can help them. So that was extremely appealing for me. So I, how I started totally involving cannabis, well, I got hired by one of the biggest cannabis edibles companies here in California. Mm -hmm. They were producing like millions of units per month, selling thousands of units per day. It yeah. was kind of crazy. And everybody cared sure. about that company, by the way. Um, <laughs> so it was very exciting. I helped developing new products. I started, of course, trying cannabis edibles for the almost the first time. I tried mm-hmm. once when I was like 17, but I had a horrible, horrible trip yeah. because probably it was a 1,000 milligrams THC oh brownie. My gosh. Oh so it was gosh. horrible. So for the yeah. first time, I tried an edible that was exactly 10 milligrams. Yep. It was very fascinating to see how you can control and be very precise with the dosage. And it was incredible that my perception of cannabinoids changed totally from being marijuana to mm-hmm. be cannabis and something that is a little bit more sophisticated, yeah. targeted, developing products that had only THC, other products that had only CBD. Mm-hmm. So I saw the potential of CBD helping so many people, much more than I could ever imagine with any other drug that I encounter in my life. Yeah. So I decided to stay in the cannabis industry. After working there for almost two years as the chief scientific officer for that company, I decided to move into a position to be the laboratory director of a cannabis testing lab. And I I was involved in the testing of thousands of different samples in the cannabis industry, very involved in the regulations and compliance testing. So I saw that as the kind of finishing or completing my CV in the cannabis industry. Like I had knowledge in chemistry and pharmacology in the manufacturing of cannabis products and now on the testing side. And after that is when I decided to start my own company, develop cannabis products that specifically target health issues such as sleep, anxiety, sports recovery, and pain management. And I'm curious, 
on the science side, I mean, just coming coming out of the research side and, mm-hmm. and looking at the science of cannabis, what are the things that, I guess, what are the things we know or don't know that can apply to the more commercial business side in terms of how cannabis works, how the, you know, the effects or the, you know, I'm always careful about <laughs> saying this thing cures things or has, mm-hmm. you know, certain claims around stuff. But, you know, what, what I guess, what do we know? What do we not know? And how can we use that? Or how do you use that in terms of developing products? Yeah, well, one of the first things that one as a manufacturer has to consider is how the method of administration affects the metabolism and therefore their effects of cannabis greatly, right? Mm-hmm. So when you take inhalable cannabinoids, which is flower or a vape or a dab or a bong or however you want to call it, yep. those inhalable cannabinoids, the onset, which means the time that the cannabinoids will have an effect on your body is about 10 to 20 minutes. So they're pretty fast. Mm-hmm. However, their effects disappear after two or three hours. And the metabolism is more like you inhale it, then it goes to your lungs. Through your lungs, it goes into the bloodstream, then from the bloodstream into your brain. Mm-hmm. However, when you are taking an edible, and this edible is made of liposoluble cannabinoids, liposoluble juice means that it's soluble in lipids or fats, mm-hmm. right? So when you are taking a cannabinoid that is soluble in fat, that's a normal cannabinoid that you extract from from the flower. This takes about 60 to 90 minutes to take an effect on your body. There is something kind of peculiar about cannabinoids. The more you use it, your metabolism can feel or your body can feel the cannabinoids faster. So it, it is a, a very uh, peculiar thing about cannabinoids. If you have never tried cannabinoids in your life and you try mm-hmm. that edible, it will take about an hour or 90 minutes. Okay. But if you are a person that consistently take an edible 10 milligrams every single day, you will probably feel the, the effects of cannabinoids in about 30 to 45 minutes. Interesting. Why, why the change? Interesting. Why, why the change? What happens it's, that it ends up, you just process it faster? Well, there are some theories is that you kind of make more sensitive the receptors. There's there's some theories. Really, researchers don't have an answer. It's more like an observation. It's like, oh, we observed that individuals feel the effect. Maybe you you just recognize the effect more. And when you're not used to consuming cannabis, you really need to feel a stronger effect in order to say, oh, now I'm, I'm high, right? But when you Got are it. used to the effects of cannabis, you can't detect the, the effect before. So there's a theory, uh, but researchers haven't... So it's more perceptual. Yeah. It's more perceptual than it is really physiological absorption or something like that. Yeah. yeah, or, well, some authors said that it's actually an improvement or an increase in the pharmacokinetics, like the drug will be absorbed faster. Oh, interesting, yeah. But this is mixed theories. But yeah, so when you're taking an edible, it can take an hour in average, but the effects can last even 12 hours. And that's totally different than when you are yeah. inhaling a product. And of course, people that just want to use it recreational, probably they go for like just inhaling cannabis rather than consuming cannabis in the oral form. But for people that wants to have an extended effect, such as an, like for inflammation or for sleep, they can go for an edible. 
right? So the yeah. metabolism is drastically different. Also, when you are taking an inhalable form, the metabolites, or once you are taking THC into your body, mm-hmm. mostly all the THC in your body will travel to your body as THC. And the effects that you will feel are from THC. However, when you are taking it orally, that THC or the cannabinoids have to be first digested. It Uh has to have a change in the composition in order to be absorbed from the gut into the bloodstream. Then it has to go through the liver or the first step metabolism in order to to be absorbed and bioavailable. And once that happens, the THC will become 11-hydroxy-THC. The the difference is just a bond. It changed. There is a a change on the bond, on the structure. They are very Mm -hmm. similar. And this 11-hydroxy-THC can travel into your brain much faster than THC. And the effects can be felt four to five times stronger than THC. Interesting. There is actually a study from the Institute in Colorado where they make comparisons between an inhalable product and an edible. And they said that every milligram of oral cannabinoid equals five milligrams on a joint. So it is perceived as four to five times more stronger when you are taking it in an edible than when you are taking it in a joint or in a vape. So if you're looking to really stretch your your cannabis, you're better off putting it into an edible form than smoking. I mean, you'll, you'll get more basically impact if you take your the same amount of flour and turn it into an edible product versus if you were to you know, make it an inhalable. Yeah, but it depends on what's your goal effect. Once you okay. take it orally, the effects are more soporific, which means it produces more sleep-like yeah. effects. Yeah. And also is since the metabolism, so everything in your body, your age, your sex, the level of exercise, your yeah. diet, everything you do can affect the metabolism of every drug. Yeah. And... Uh, When we are talking about cannabinoids, since it has to go through the liver, everything you do and your just intrinsic characteristics, if you're a man that work out a lot and you are 25 years old, your metabolism will be much different from a 60 years old man that doesn't exercise. And that will mean your metabolism as a young man will be much faster and you will probably shorten that effect of the edible. And you will have a totally different high than if you are an, a 60-years-old person. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to make people aware that it's not as simple as... Yeah. <laughs> From a product development point of view, how do you deal with that? If, you, if, if you know, people's genetics, their metabolism, their, you know, if they work out or not, their gut biome, like all these different variables that go into really the impact an edible has on someone from an effect point of view. How do you deal with that? Like if you're trying to design products for the general market, mm-hmm. what's the strategy or, or can you develop or can, can you take this into account? Yeah, we do take it into account. So for example, well, our first product in my company, which is called Dreamt, or well, is our first line of products is Dreamt is designed to, or the Dreamline, make products specifically for sleep. Okay. So 
we first started with a vape and we standardized the dosage and we use other ingredients as well to boost the effects of cannabis for sleep. But we went from different blind studies to standardize which is the dose that works for mostly all the people. Also, since it doesn't have, has to go through the liver metabolism, it's more reliable and more predictable. Right. But of course, no, everybody wants to smoke cannabis or inhale cannabis. So we designed a tincture and in order to make the tincture more reliable and predictable, we use permeation enhancers. Those are molecules that improve the permeability of the tissue for cannabinoids. In this case, we use ethanol. Ethanol has been used in the pharmaceutical industry to improve the permeability of different drugs, Uh either through your skin or through your mouth. So Uh we use a tincture that has alcohol, and this facilitates the introduction of the cannabinoids into your mouth. And the effect is more similar to a babe than to an edible. Right. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Now we also develop a shot, and a shot we made uh, emulsification, and by doing an emulsification, you kind of also improve the absorption of the cannabinoid to have a more reliable and more predictable effect. Because when yeah. you are taking a liposoluble cannabinoid, your body has to make this liposoluble cannabinoid kind of able to be absorbed from your body. And when you are making an emulsion, you are already doing that step. So you are improving the absorption of the cannabinoid in the formulation. So once you take it, the effect, it will be more similar to a babe than to a normal cannabinoid as well. Interesting. You're just kind of pushing it down the process a little bit farther yeah. to begin with so that the body doesn't have to do quite as much work or it doesn't take quite as much long for it to, to yes. take effect. And also, while well, we have different methods of administration for every person, like mm. every person will figure out, no, for me, the babe works the best. For me, me, the tincture worked the best. For me, a beverage worked the best. So yeah. everybody can choose the different methods of administration. But that's something that I always like people to be aware of. Also, something about cannabis for sleep. Cannabinoids help you to sleep because it improves the non-REM sleep phase four, also known as deep sleep. So Mm -hmm. that's why cannabis is really good to make you fall asleep. However, cannabinoids, THC and CBD can reduce REM sleep. And REM sleep is essential for memory and learning. Mm. And that's why some people feel high the next day after taking an edible or smoking. They think or believe that they didn't really sleep well. And it's because cannabinoids are missing this part of improving REM sleep. And what we are doing with our products is introducing, mixing cannabinoids with other natural ingredients that can boost REM sleep to give you a fuller or a more natural sleep cycle. Yeah, that seems to be kind of the interesting place that we are as an industry is just knowing how we can introduce other you know, other compounds, other products into the process so that we can kind of balance things out or we, or we can create kind of more sophisticated formulations. And what, where do you get this other knowledge? I mean, is this, how do you, how do you bring together these different backgrounds of, of cannabis and other kind of product knowledge 
Like, uh, how does this come together for you? Well, I think my knowledge, experience, and background was kind of a perfect fit to develop products that uses cannabis as an ingredient and utilizing other pharmacologically active molecules that are found in nature. Mm-hmm. My goal in making different brands such as DREM that particularly work to make people sleep better. We are a sleep company. Of course, we are a cannabis company mm-hmm. because we're using cannabinoids, yep. but we are more a problem-solving company. What was the problem? Sleep. Yep. And we are going to use everything necessary to make people sleep better. And my background helped me to being able to understand all the research around sleep much better. I see how a person that doesn't have my scientific background maybe have a more harder time understanding the scientific papers. So my background helped me a lot. Yeah. And I spent four months looking into hundreds and hundreds of papers just to develop one single product, looking for clinical trials, looking for the correct dose, doing blind studies. So my background helped me a lot to develop a more scientific approach to the development of cannabis products. Yeah, I'm curious in terms of as you've gone from the sort of the science side to the industry side, what have been some of the challenges of of actually taking some of these products to market? I mean, as it's, I think it's one thing to kind of sit in a lab and you know come up with a formulation, but when it comes to actually how do we manufacture this? How do we market this? How do we deliver it? How do we package it? Like all the things that end up kind of being part of the process to actually get it to consumers, to get it to users, for uh, patients to actually consume. What are some of the things that have come up or you've had to learn or that you've had to kind of work through as you bring these products to market? Yes, that was very challenging. (laughs) And it's very peculiar of cannabis. First thing, the supply chain, uh, when you are looking for the distillate, right, your ingredients... First, you have to find a good source of ingredients and reliable as well. Sometimes some people try to sell you distillate that they say is 90% THC, but once you send it to a laboratory, it comes at 80% THC. So they're trying to sell a very low concentrated distillate and at a very high prices. So that's yeah. the first challenge. Find someone that you trust. First, of course, it has to be a clean distillate. I work once with a, a farmer that was like renting spaces to other people to grow their own flour. And some of his flour got contaminated with pesticides from the other farmers. So even though he wasn't personally using pesticides in his harvesting, once I got the distillate, from, well, we got the flour, we made the distillate, and once we produced the distillate, we observed um, pesticides in, mm. in the extract. Yeah. So it was a big loss for him. We just have to change up supplier. Yeah. Other thing, once you are trying to introduce new ingredients into your product, others that are no cannabinoids, such as sugar or juice or fruit juice or other ingredients that you want to put in your edible, mm-hmm. sometimes those products that you think they are totally clean, they are not. Yeah. Uh, I have a, I help a company developing a beverage product and their product fail for pesticides. And when they analyze every single ingredient, and they figure out that the juice that they were using had pesticides. Oh. 
it wasn't the oil, it was yeah. the juice. The juice that millions of people consume every day. Oh, and it's just because now that you're in cannabis, now the testing is so much more rigorous, all of a sudden now it pops up. Meanwhile, the juice is on the market. I mean, it's yeah. being, it's being yeah. consumed and, by and the this general was, population. This was a, oh. a juice bought in a store. I'm not going to mention the yeah, store. Yeah, exactly. But we won't shame a, anyone. a store that claimed to have everything natural and oh, I'm sure. super healthy. So it was a shock. So it's very challenging. You have to test every single ingredient that you are incorporated in your product to make yeah. sure that they don't have heavy metals or mycotoxins yeah. or pesticide. So that's yeah. challenging. Then we developed the vape, which is a, a vape product in the mm-hmm. vape crisis. Okay. We started developing the product a couple of months before November. Then we launched in November and November was the peak of the crisis in the oh. vapes. Yeah. So it was very difficult to get into dispensaries. Dispensaries were like, we just, we are just not buying. Yeah, anything. exactly. Yeah. That's it. If you have any other skew, yes, but we will no buy yeah. any babe right yeah. now. So it was yeah. difficult. However, we will still able to, by now we are in about 70 dispensaries and we started in December. So we are like getting 10 dispensaries per month. Mm-hmm. We have a very aggressive sales team yeah. and all of them never work. Well, almost all of them never work selling cannabis products. They came from other industries. Interesting. But now that I think about it, it was a very good idea. They yeah. brought their expertise in other areas and they have been great so far. Then we have an excellent marketing that was very helpful. I think I heard from someone that it doesn't matter that your product is the best on the market. It's <laughs> how you sell it, right? Yeah. You can sell whatever. You, I can sell you a pen yeah. if I'm a good salesperson. Yeah. So that's important, unfortunately, even if you make the best product. But once we started selling the product, we started to get incredible feedback. People all around the United States, I don't know how they got the product. Maybe they came to California. Yeah, and brought probably. it to other states. Yeah. Uh, people from all around the country saying that our product is the only one that has really helped them with their sleep issues. We had many press, mm-hmm. many uh, magazines featuring our product and giving incredible feedback ex- as well. Vice, for example, said that we were the best innovation of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Once we got that feedback, once we proved that our product is working, once we proved that our product is safe and healthy, then that helped a lot to continuously selling our product, build rapport in the cannabis industry and with our customers. Also, some of the things that we do is we try to inform the population or inform the cannabis and non-cannabis industry and everybody in general about the myths of cannabis and cannabinoids. There are a lot of hypes, people that like to just post about cannabinoids that, for example, CBN, a lot of companies and a lot of individuals said CBN is the miracle cannabinoid for your sleep. Mm-hmm. But I spent about four months as well 
doing research on CBN and there is no a single paper that really said yeah. that CBN helps for your sleep. I actually just on June 5th, we published an article in MG magazine. Mm -hmm. You can, it's uh, CBN, the panacea of sleep issues or something like that. I don't remember the yeah. title right now, but I, <laughs> I can send you the link or I can yeah. share the link with you. Yeah, send it to um, me. I'll put it on the show notes. And is all the research I found with about 16 references, scientific papers, I didn't read any single blog on CBN. I went into the research yeah, from different institutions all around the world and for the last 40 years since, uh, no, actually almost 60 years from the 60s to the 2020. So I look in the research into the CBN and there is no real or significant data that says that CBN helps for sleep. Yeah. Some authors said that it's just a weaker version of THC. Some authors said that it has no effect at all. Yeah. The pharmacokinetics shows that CBN interacts more weakly with the CB1 receptor, and CB1 receptor is the one responsible for the relaxation, sedative, yeah. and the sleep effects of THC. Sure. And it binds almost four times more is stronger to CB2 receptor. And CB2 receptor is found in the periphery on your body. And it's, uh, it has a big role in immunity. So there is a theory or some authors mm. suggest that CBN might have uh, some benefits for immunity, but not really for sedation, relaxation, yeah. or sleep improvement. And that's something that I also reporting this article in MG Magazine. Yeah, let's check it out. And I mean, kind of looking at the future here, what any any kind of products that you're you're working on that you can tell us about or cannabinoids that you're most interested in kind of researching or, you know, you think has kind of promise in the future in terms of, you know, as we discover more about the plant and its capabilities and the molecules, what are some things that you're excited about? Well, right now, first we expand our dreamline we went from having only a single vape to have a tincture, beverage, and a gummy. And all of them are targeted for a sleep, right? They Got use it. the same formulation. They use uh, THC, CBD, melatonin, valerian root extract, cannabis terpenes, and terpenes derived from other plants that have proven effects to Im improve sleep in clinical trials. So that's the dreamline. We are still developing the other two SKUs, the gummy and the beverage. Our next products, we are going to target anxiety. And as for now, the current research show that CBD and in some high ratio CBD to THC can help with anxiety. Yeah. So right now I'm not looking into other cannabinoids just because our next product line will be anxiety. But there, for example, CBDA has been, that's the acid of CBD. It's, it has been observed that this cannabinoid, the acid of the CBD, which is kind of before the carboxylation, is how mm -hmm. you obtain from the plant. This can be absorbed almost four times faster and it can reduce inflammation almost, I think, two times more than CBD. And CBD wow, is already a very strong anti-inflammatory. Yeah. It's almost 10 times more potent than salicylic acid or aspirin, yeah. and two times more potent than some steroids. Yeah. And this CBDA has a lot of potential for um, in use in inflammatory disease. So that's interesting. 
However, for anxiety, we are focusing on the CBD just because there's lots of research on CBD and how it improves or reduces anxiety. Other cannabinoids that I think are very or had a potential is CBG, just because CBG is the precursor of any cannabinoid. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people is using CBG and then developing other cannabinoids besides THC and CBD and doing research on on those specific cannabinoids, such as Delta-A, THC, CBDB, and many other. There are over 100 yeah. cannabinoids. But CBG has a lot of potential just because it's something that you can slightly modify and produce different cannabinoids from the same CBG. So that has a lot of potential as well. Yeah, that's just fascinating. It's like when you really kind of get into this and realizing how much understanding we have yet to really have about the plant and these and the, what it produces and all the kind of combinations and things. Carolina, this has been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. If people want to find out more about you, about the company, what's the best way to get that information? They can find a lot of information about the Dream Line, which mm-hmm. is specifically focused on sleep. And that's just you, the word you, dreamt.com. Uh, Mm-hmm. That's, um, well, I don't think I need to spell it. Um, <laughs> and then you can also find information about Cynthia Labs. Cynthia Labs is like the mother company, and we develop brands, and we also help other startups developing and launching their products. And Cynthia Labs, that's the word Cynthia or science in Spanish, mm-hmm. and the word labs. Probably you can just put the link in the podcast. I got it. Yes, I will put, I will put links to both of those in the show notes. So Cynthia cincialabs.com we have an Instagram that's dreamt products in Instagram and we have lots of information where you can find the products all the press that we have received and different articles that we have published in different magazines lots of scientific information if you want to get more deeper into the science of not only cannabinoids but the science of melatonin valerian root terpenes and sleep right so we are focusing on improving the health and the sleep of the population and of course informing people about how to use properly cannabinoids we are more focused on the health side rather than or the wellness side rather than the recreational side however i don't think there is nothing wrong about it (laughs) we just uh, focus on these issues because we saw a niche that was overlooked by many companies yeah yeah. Carolina, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Really some great insights. I love talking about the science side just because mm-hmm. there, there is so much to, to learn about that. But I appreciate your time today and uh, taking the time to talk with us. No, thank you so much. I hope you didn't get bored with all the conversation. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> this was great. Lots of information about it. Uh, I appreciate it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Bruce. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeldt. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.